the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. We'll start it up here, but let me just say something here, the whole thing, and I know Piscopo complains about it in the morning. There was some rule or law that was passed recently about uh, the pre-recorded, if anything's pre-recorded, so there's like one commercial in the show that's pre-recorded. Otherwise, we are here in the heart of New York City, we are live, we are local, and there is so much news going on. And, you know, when I started this show, I said, well, it's not going to be a legal show. I don't want to be all about the law because people get bored of the law, except when you go online today or you open up the newspaper. Let's see. This, these are the stories that we're covering right now. The Supreme Court of the United States decision on the vaccine mandates. Prince Andrew's decision and, and the fact that he can still be sued. Uh, Michael Avenatti. Remember that name? Because it was omnipresent for a while there. His uh, case is going to go to trial in two weeks here in Manhattan. Rikers Island is blowing up. It's exploding to the point where judges are releasing people from prison because it's so bad over there. How about this in terms of crime? Three carjackings yesterday. Three. Three, like, bang, bang, bang in Manhattan. 4.30 around Columbus Circle. 5.30, a box cutter was used in an infinity drive-by um, stolen car from Brooklyn. At, oh, actually, that was in Brooklyn at six o'clock. I mean, come on, folks. This is not like this is 1989 stuff here. How about this? The Detectives Endowment Association. Paul DiGiacomo, who is the president, who is a friend of mine. I know him for a long time. Um, he wrote a letter today to the governor saying if the district attorney of Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, does not enforce certain laws that are on the books, we are asking you to appoint a special prosecutor. And I said this days ago, once this edict came out and all of his rules, I, I actually called a former chief of one of the district attorney's office. I said, can't a special prosecutor be appointed to handle certain types of cases? There is currently a special co- prosecutor for narcotics who was supposed to handle all the narcotics cases in the five boroughs. So it's there. Special prosecutors get appointed when there's conflicts of interest. Like if the prosecutor in a certain county personally knows the person who is uh, uh, the defendant. So that is not out of the realm of possibilities. It would be somewhat unique. And we could talk about that in another segment. What we do have to talk about now is that this afternoon, the Supreme Court decision came down and it's a two part decision. And I know he's omnipresent. and I know he's everywhere. 
But, you know, I want to give everyone a break on this show. And the next guest that we're going to have on, I think this is the first time he's ever done a media appearance. He's a new lawyer. He was admitted uh, very recently. Uh, He hails from Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, a very young man, Professor Alan Dershowitz. Are you there, Professor? Boy, I wish you could turn the time clock back to when I was a young lawyer out of Brooklyn, you know, 21 years old, uh, just uh, starting uh, to law school. But I guess I'm 83 now, so some 60-something years have passed. I'm sure uh, you're very nervous. I'm sure you're very nervous, Professor, because I know you don't do a lot of media. um, So just just stay calm. Take a deep breath. All the things you've listed, all of those crimes, all of that, it's all your fault. When people knew you were going to have a show, it all happened. You know, before you had your show, we were a peaceful city. We had no hot carjacking. We had nothing. And then people say, I don't who's going to be on the air. Yeah, so, so they, now we're going to have to have to do things that give them something to talk they about. They gave me something to talk about. So what I wanted to... Um, let, let me just start off, Alan, because obviously people know who you are. But regarding the United States Supreme Court, just I, I, I know the background, but tell the folks who are listening when you were a young lawyer what your experience was at the United States Supreme Court. You worked there, correct? Ooh, did I lose Alan? Oh, that's cool. It's my first technical difficulty of my show. There you go. Well, I'm sure we'll get Alan back. The bottom line is when Alan, I think it was immediately when he came out of law school, uh, he clerked in the United States Supreme Court. So he lived there. That's why two days ago, three days ago, when I was starting this show, I already I called Alan, who I basically is like my uncle. I said, Alan, you know, I need you on the show. Alan, tell the folks when you were a, a new lawyer, uh, your experience at the United States Supreme Court. Why were you at the court? Well, you know, it's the job everybody wants right out of law school to become a law clerk uh, in the Supreme Court. Because the law courts have an enormous amount of power. You know, we're 23, 24 years old. And the justice says, write a draft of this decision about voting rights or about desegregation or about capital punishment. First day I got to the Supreme Court, Justice Goldberg, who I clerked for, threw a cert petition at me and said, Alan, this cert petition is going to end the death penalty in America. I need you to spend the next month in the Library of Congress doing research and proving that the death penalty should be found unconstitutional. 23-year-old kid, and I have the life of a 1,000 people on death row in my hands. And uh, so it was a very, very imposing... Now, Alan, I I mean, I know we have a lot to talk about, but I hope you did not find that the death penalty is unconstitutional, especially since when the founding fathers wrote the Constitution, the only punishment for a felony was the death penalty. Because they didn't have prisons in those days, but it said cruel and unusual punishment, and that's an evolving concept. And so I wrote a long memorandum. We got three justices to agree, never got a majority to agree, and the Supreme Court now has upheld the death penalty. But I'm just giving that example of the kind of off-responsibility, off off-imposing responsibility that a young 23-year-old kid gets thrown at them right out of law school. Yep. And, you know, the, the two decisions today— uh, which are very interesting decisions. But to the average person, they seem to be in conflict. Here well, you have a wait a minute. Hold on, Alan. I'm, I'm not letting you off the hook so quickly because I know okay. I know you've been talking about this, and it's 6:11. We're live and local here in New York City on AM 97, The Answer, and people have an idea of what's going on in the Supreme Court. I just want to give them a little bit of an insight into the Supreme Court of your yeah. storied career. Is that the highlight when you clerked in the United States Supreme Court, or where does it rank in your lifetime achievements? 
uh, not high at all. Uh, you know, really? When I, when I no, come on. I saved the life of people on death row. I helped free Natan Sharansky. Uh, I've been involved in the most important cases uh, of the last uh, 40 or 50 years. Being a law clerk on the Supreme Court was probably my mother's highlight. Okay. Uh, of my life and but my own highlight i would say you know ranks in the top 10 or 15 but uh you know if you hit the highlight of your life at age 23 or 24 uh you got a problem well, I mean, well, well talk, talk to, talk to yeah. every uh yeah. major athlete in america who hits the who sometimes hit the highlight of their life before they're 30 years old all right well, now we're we can... lucky we're lucky because we can continue beyond the time that we can shoot hoops i can still hit three-point shots you know, I beat my grandson, who's a 26-year-old medical student and a great athlete. I still beat him in horse because I have a corner jump shot that he can't make. So, you know, I don't think I hit my peak as an athlete when I was 23. I'm still going. Well, Alan, I mean, not to make it too personally, but when this whole COVID thing is over and you're out and about, I, it's going to be you against Judge John Leventhal, 83 versus 73, the game of horse, and whoever the winner is, I treat – Everyone to Ella Bismarck Gardens. You down with that or what? All right. Now, wait a minute. Okay. That, there are two treats. One, the winner gets uh, Ellen B, and the loser gets Cassius Pastrami. <laughs> uh, we, we, we can't let one ethnicity dominate here. You know, you and I have argued about this. Italian Americans get it over dinner. You win over the Jews over dinner. But lunch? Pastrami? I mean, we got to compete here. We, we can, so, we can uh, flip a coin. I mean, a, a nice sausage and pepper hero is not exactly a, a slouchy kind of lunch there, Professor. I look, I agree. I agree. But I have to get the permission of my rabbi before I can eat anything. So, All right. So we have, we have, three, we have three minutes, and then I'm going to hold you over for a minute while I do a quick commercial, and then we're going to finish yeah. up because we have, there's so much. I mean, Alan and I can talk forever, and we sometimes do talk forever. So it was six to three that they ruled that OSHA does not have the authority to make such a sweeping uh, mandate regarding the vaccines. I I predicted that in my book, The Case for Vaccine Mandates. I have a chapter entitled Who Decides? And I said the Supreme Court basically will say Congress has to decide, and it has to do it in a clear way. It can't do it by passing OSHA years ago. And then the president coming in and saying, oh, OSHA applies to something that wasn't even anticipated back in the day. So I predicted that decision, and it's, I think, probably the right decision legally. I'm, myself, more in favor of vaccine mandates, but I think that was but probably... But, Alan, let's talk about the dissent. The three uh, dissenting judges, all uh, Clinton or President Obama appointees, what was their point of view? What was their argument that, that this should stand? Well, it's an emergency, and we have lots and lots of people who are being made sick by a spreading disease, and that uh, OSHA uh, was intended to make workplaces safe, and workplaces aren't safe as long as there are unvaccinated people there. Look, there were good arguments on both sides. That's why the Supreme Court's so important. If this had been the Supreme Court 20 years ago, it probably would have upheld the OSHA uh, mandate. Uh, if, uh, but now, uh, of course, uh, the conservative court is going to be more likely to look skeptically at administrative agencies. And but so now, you know, j- liberals generally like administrative agencies, conservatives don't. All right. And, and on the part about health care workers, that's where Justice Roberts jumped over to the other side, correct? And said that. With Kavanaugh, with Kavanaugh both of them saying basically 
since federal health, since health is paid for basically by the United States government, they can condition um, uh, a receipt, uh, you know, receipt of federal money. And they do. They do that all over the place. Colleges get federal money and there are conditions placed on it, anti-discrimination, uh, all kinds of things. So I think probably both decisions, although close, were probably correct on the law. And I know no American is going to be happy with both decisions because, you know, half the country is against mandates. And so they are in favor of the OSHA decision and against the health decision. And the other half are in favor of mandates. So they go the opposite way. Alan, I got five seconds and then you're going to be back in 60 seconds. Just hold on one second. All right, folks, we were so lucky to hear from Professor Dershowitz, and he'll be right back after I tell you about my friends at Connors and Sullivan. It's funny because Alan just mentioned Medicare and Medicaid, and this is has, has everything to do, and this is why you should go see Connors and Sullivan. What they asked me to tell you is, is your husband, think about it, is your husband and wife in a hospital or a rehabilitation center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day. Think about it. That's $15,000 a month. That, that flies out of the bank account very quickly. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay for the medical facility? Think about it. Do you want all the money you've been saving up for your children or for your heirs? Do you want to just spend it all on, on health care costs? If you go to Connors and Sullivan's now, they really know their stuff. That's where I send my clients to for their estate planning. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing you're going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for. They'll also help you devise a plan to avoid the dire news of these huge bills. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free consultation with a lawyer. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You could come into Manhattan or come stay in Manhattan or Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island. It's never too too late. The time is to act now. Don't wait. Connors and Sullivan. 718-238-6500. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew When I bit off more than I could chew But through it all, when there was dark Welcome back to the Idala Power Hour here at AM nine seven The Answer. And if there's anyone who has, let's see, bit off more than he could chew sometimes, but did it all the way he wanted to do it and did it his way, it's Professor Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Dersh, you know, I played that song obviously, especially for you. I hope you are appropriately flattered. It is my favorite Frank Sinatra song, and Frank Sinatra is my favorite of all singers. And so well, you got it right. You got it well, right. I appreciate it. You know, uh, I, I got a little I, bum information. I did do some research, and one of the other producers here at uh, AM 970 yeah. said there was another song that you loved. I do. Yeah. A Very Good Year? Was that it? A Very Good Year? Is that one of yeah. your favorites? Only, 
it is, except it ends at 40. It's as if, you know, <laughs> life is over at 40. You know, it was a you, very good year. You've doubled I, you know, 40. When I was 18, when I was 17. I want to, you know, when I was 83, it was a wonderful, very good year with my <laughs> wife, you know. And, I want it to uh, be 93, Alan, at least 93. Yeah, okay, but it's so, Alan, at 83. Let's get back to the Supreme Court a little bit. As you know, I, you know, I was blessed to have a very special relationship with Justice Scalia. I am very friendly yeah. with Justice and, Alito, and but I, was, I knew and, Justice Scalia since I'm, I was 20. 23 years old. And he was blessed to have a relationship with you. He loved you. He talked about you uh, in such an admiring way. Uh, It it, it was uh, remarkable because, you know, I was a friend of his, too. I knew his father. At Brooklyn uh, from school. That's how our relationship started. Yeah. Just give the folks a little bit of insight since, you know, obviously it's been a long time since you worked inside the court. Um, do, right. the, the, do the nine justices, do they uh, work with each other? Do they go into each other's no. chambers and say, well, you vote on this, I'll vote on that? Do they, is it a horse trading game like it is in Congress or in the Senate, or is it very different? It's very different. There is some horse trading, but it tends to be on paper, not in person. There is not a lot of personal communication. You know, the chambers are quite separate, and each chambers has a justice and, you know, four or five uh, law clerks. The law clerks interact a little bit, but most of the communication is uh, still in, in, in writing. Uh, that was the case when I was a law clerk, and, of course, a lot of my students have been law clerks since, and so I stay in touch with them. And, of course, some of the justices are friends of mine. I mean, I've known Justice uh, uh, Breyer. Uh, I've known well, I've known Breyer. I've known Kagan was my student. Um, and uh, was she a, was a she your dean, of, Alan? Was Kagan the dean? Oh, she was. She, de- was, she was my dean, but she was also my student uh, in first year criminal law. She sat next to Jeffrey Tubin. Uh, well, he, uh, let me tell you something. He is there. he is not well liked. Jeffrey Tubin in the courthouse at all. He wrote that well, book. Then uh, he gets he gets every prediction wrong. Why? Because he predicts what he wants to see happen. I get every prediction right because I never put my own desires in the prediction. I look at what I think the judges are going to do, and I predict based on my analysis. That's why in my book, The Case for Vaccine Mandates, I got it right. I predicted how this case would come out, even though it didn't come out the way I exactly wanted it. So what does it mean for the for the common folk? This, so this decision comes down at 4 o'clock today. What does it mean for the, the, the owners of the places that have 100 employees? What does it mean for the employees themselves? What's the practical effect of this decision? Okay. I, I only have a minute now because I have to be on something else. But what All right, big shot. Okay, fired. tough guy. You know, just don't, don't forget your roots. I'm sure who you're going on with isn't from Coney Island, but go ahead. It's Newsmax. But I have to tell you that the people who got fired uh, under the uh, Biden mandate will get their jobs back. But the people who were fired under the health mandate won't. Uh, And so it's good news for many Americans who refuse to get vaccinated. And it's not so good news. Now, the health people will have a choice. They can be tested. uh, They can invoke certain exceptions. But in the end, um, the, the vast majority of people who were fired under the OSHA mandate will get their jobs back. Some of them will sue. They probably won't prevail because the law was in existence at the time they were hired and, and the employers acted pursuant to law. So I think that's the bottom line. And maybe we'll get congressional mandates passed. I don't think so. But this is not the last person from the Supreme Court. 
Okay, Alan, I know you got to go on TV. I hope you'll, you'll maybe you'll, you think you can ever come back on the show again, or you've got too much going on? I mean, what do you, what you call? Oh, no, always, anytime you want me, you can have me, and usually you won't be able to shut me up. This time, because of the importance of this decision, I had made a, an earlier commitment. But anytime you want me, you can have me. Well, here, to, here, here's the game plan, Alan. Once once the air is clear, literally, uh, we're going to do a show live face-to-face. And maybe we'll have, a, since it's late, it's kind of dinner time. we'll have a bottle of Brunello de Montalcino. And we'll have a couple of glasses. Yep. And we'll see what kind of wisdom then comes out of uh, the and, Professor and a, Alan Dershowitz. A little bit of Frank Sinatra, just low in the background to inspire us. Okay. All right, wonderful. Thank you so much, Alan Dershowitz. Thank you sir. are the Thank best. You. Good luck on your show. Thank Good you so much. Show. Everybody should listen to you. Bye. You're, you're the best, Alan. He is a wonderful man. And let me just tell you something, how, how I know Alan. And uh, there was a big case that I had in Brooklyn, New York in 2009. And uh, the individual was convicted. I was acquitted of certain counts, but he was convicted of certain counts. And the very next day, uh, I, I will tell you this, when the individual was convicted, he had never been in jail before. The judge then put him in jail. As soon as I went back to see him, he put his hand through the bars. He's like, Mr. Idol, I want to let you know I have no hard feelings. I, you, know, you did an unbelievable job. I think the jury just got it wrong. Uh, I then went out to the family and thinking they're going to curse me out. They're hugging me and kissing me and crying. Uh, and said, you have to find us an appellate attorney. So I took them to one appellate attorney the next day, another appellate attorney the day after that, another appellate attorney the day after that, and then we hit the weekend. They said, we'll talk to you on Monday and figure out what we're going to do. And on Monday, they tell me that, uh, you know, we have an opportunity to sit with Alan Dershowitz. I said, Alan Dershowitz? I mean, this was not that a case of that magnitude. So I'm like, okay, as soon as this guy comes in the room, he's going to say the first thing is I work alone and, and I'm out. First thing he did was he said, I wanted to read the record. I wanted to see what happened at trial uh, before we had our meeting. And the other meetings with the other lawyers were between 45 minutes and an hour. We met with Professor Dershowitz for four hours. And at the four, four hours, he said, I have three conditions. Uh, one was uh, I only take five cases a year, but I've decided to take this case. Number two, uh, regarding Mr. Idala, And I go, here we go. <laughs> it's time for me to get the boot. He's like, I've read the record. I can't tell you one thing he did in the record that I don't agree with. And the only way I will take the case is if you keep Mr. Idala on the case. I almost fell off my chair. I didn't. The only time I did fall off my chair was the third part when he announced his legal fee, which uh, let's just leave it at the other three. The other three lawyers together, fee added up, didn't come close to Mr. Professor Dershowitz's legal fee. However... To be filed under the heading, you get what you pay for. When we filed the appeal within a very reasonable amount of time, Allen argued the appeal uh, in the second department. He called the chief of the DA's office the, the afternoon that he filed it and said, you know, can't we reach some sort of a disposition here? There was clearly misconduct by the detective um, and some negligence by your office. It, the case is going to be reversed. And the chief of the office said, Alan, I was there. I watched the argument. That's never going to happen. The typical decision from the appellate division, second department at the time, I think was either six months or nine months, 18 days after Allen argued that case, 18 days, it was reversed. And that started a friendship that I guess now is 12 years, right? 2009, almost 13 years. Uh, And 
You know, people have heard some things about Alan Dershowitz. He's been accused by Miss Jufre, who's just lie after lie after lie she's told, uh, of doing things to her many times in many locations. I have no problem telling you that that I have done all the research. And I am not alone. I appeared on the Megyn Kelly podcast last week. And Megan is no shrinking violet. And she referred to Alan Dershowitz as her pal and said, I only said say that after I did all of my homework and all of my research. And the woman who's accusing him is not telling the truth. So it's not just Arthur, uh, who's friends with Uncle Alan. Uh, I also know Alan's wife and his children and his family, and he's all about them. And it's so sad that at this point in his life, he's dealing with these very, very stressful issues. And these are very stressful issues. And he's concerned that this is going to be his legacy, as opposed to clerking in the United States Supreme Court, as opposed to all the major cases he's worked on, as opposed to being a professor at Harvard for 50 years. And guess what, folks? During those 50 years, not one student ever complained about Alan acting inappropriately. So this, of a, an 83-year life, one woman comes out uh, who has been caught in lie after lie after lie. And guess what? The, the Maxwell case that just happened, they called all of these young people who were uh, abused by Jeffrey Epstein. Guess who they didn't call? They didn't call Miss Jufre after they interviewed her. What does that lead you to believe? That in fact, they did not believe her. So, what a nice, lighthearted topic. I want to thank the guys at Mitsubishi for letting me blow through a couple of commercials because it was such a breaking news day today. But at Platinum Mitsubishi, platinum-mitsubishi.com, go ch- I, as I was driving here, I saw the brand new Mitsubishi Outlander, their biggest vehicle. It's gorgeous, and it is meaty and manly and, uh, and aggressive. And you just go on that website, take a look at it, pick up the phone number, give a call, Ask for Angelo and say Arthur sent you, and you'll be treated like royalty. Speaking of royalty, we'll talk about Princess Andrew coming back. I'm Lou Dobbs. The Supreme Court strikes down Biden vaccine mandates for businesses. Those stories next. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 or more per month with MediShare, and what's more, They like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate when compared to health insurance. Double. You get access to a massive network of providers and 24-7 telehealth. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years. And it's more than just affordable health care, too. You get to be part of a community of Christians who pray for each other and support each other. But here's why now is the time to make the switch. Join before January 15th, and they'll waive your new member fee. You'll save another $170 right off the bat. Call now. You'll get a prize within two minutes. And again, the deadline is January 15th, so you can save even more. Call 877-64-BIBLE. That's 877-64-BIBLE. 877-64-BIBLE. In a huge blow to President Biden, the U.S. Supreme Court has struck down his China virus vaccine mandate for private businesses. The high court lets stand a similar ban for federally funded health care workers. On a 6-3 vote, justices handed a stinging defeat to Biden's efforts to control over 80 million American workers who faced mandatory vaccination or termination of employment if Biden's plan had been upheld. On Wall Street, stocks closed lower today. The Dow Jones Industrials fell 175 
75 points. Delta Airlines, nothing if not optimistic. Delta saying it lost $400 million during the final quarter of 2021, but the carrier predicts it will turn things around by late spring and early summer. Delta's CEO, Ed Bastian, adds that about 8,000 of his employees have been affected by the China virus. Please join me three times each weekday here on this station. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. 41 degrees, we have generally clear skies on this Thursday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, New York City's health commissioner does not think there's enough evidence yet to declare that the coronavirus winter surge has peaked. Dr. Dave Chotsky says the city's still squarely within the Omicron wave and all five boroughs are seeing a very high level of transmission. He says there is some evidence the level of cases may be plateauing a bit, but it's too early to tell a trend. The Supreme Court is blocking enforcement of the COVID vaccine mandate on businesses with 100 or more employees. That's a setback for the White House, but Press Secretary Jen Psaki said large companies are still free to require vaccinations on their own, as many companies have already done. She said the Biden administration is pleased the Supreme Court upheld vaccine mandates for health care workers and facilities that receive federal funding. That covers millions of health care workers across the U.S. Saki insisted vaccine requirements work and help save lives. And a couple hospitals in New Jersey and New York may be getting federal help as coronavirus puts stress on the hospital systems in both states. According to NBC News, President Biden will be announcing that military medical teams will be sent to six hospitals. They include Coney Island Hospital in Brooklyn and University Hospital in Newark. The teams are expected to help out in the emergency rooms. Taking a look at the traffic in Manhattan, northbound West Side Highway, a slow ride from the 90s on up. FDR, some volume both ways from the 80s on up to the Triborough. Northbound actually stays heavy up to the GW Bridge. Cross Bronx, slow on the westbound side from the Bronx River Parkway to the GWB. Eastbound heavy off the bridge to the Bronx River Parkway. Deegan northbound slows from the Triborough to the Cross Bronx. Your forecast, cloudy skies tonight with steady temperatures around 40 overnight. Cloudy skies tomorrow with temperatures falling in the middle 30s during the day. Partly cloudy skies Saturday, high 21, sunny for Sunday with rain or snow at night with a high of 36. Rain possibly mixing with some snow on Monday with a high of 44. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, I think I ended that segment referring to Prince Andrew as Princess Andrew. Is <laughs> See, we all make mistakes. And um, I'm not really going to say I made a mistake yesterday, but I've changed my opinion uh, on, on an opinion regarding uh, Prince Andrew, uh, who today was stripped of all of his titles and his... Um, he was had some role in the army, et cetera, et cetera. They really just cut the guy all the way down, and it's his mother who did that. I mean, I don't think it was there was a queen of Italy she'd be cutting down her son, but hey, you people in England, you do what you want to do. Right, Sambolino? Exactly. What do you think, Sambolino? <laughs> you think, you think the, the queen of Italy is going to tell her son? I'm, this, this woman, who is known, by the way, lying all over the place. She's admitted to several lies. Mm-hmm. As we know, Professor Dershowitz says her lying everywhere. She's the only accuser against Prince Andrew, and now he's like being 
you know, as diminished as you could be. What you well, calling that, Sam? But it, 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 it's optics. The Queen had to make but some drastic move. But it's her kid, move. bro. It's her kid. It, yeah, but I mean, you know, you got to reprimand your kid no matter how well, old they but, are. But that's the thing. It's one it's one person's word against another person's word. It's guilt by accusation. One person is still one too many. But to it's not I spent disgrace to the okay. royal family. Okay. If he went to trial and he's found guilty in a criminal case or here if he's found liable, that's different. If here you know, okay, yes we believe the accusations and we're going to award her 20 million dollars. Yeah, that's different. But here He's he's presumed innocent. He's presumed not liable. She has the burden of proof to prove him. Why does your mother tell you? Well, yep. Well, we we believe her. We get you know. And all that happened yesterday is that the judge uh, said that the case could could go forward. Um, I don't know. Say, come on. It's his it's his mother. It's his mother who stripped him of all of his basically of who he is. Right, but this goes to show the power of public opinion. Right. The okay. queen had to do something, and she did it. Whether you agree with it or not, uh, is it bad? Of course, that's, a, that's his mother. But again, she's reprimanding her son, and this is what she... She must really know that maybe he is guilty, and that's why she well, did such a thing. Well, listen, man, that, that, now you're making, now you're making <laughs> a big leap of faith here. Um, I, I think it's probably... I hope it's probably more... What you said has got to do with the optics. It's got yes. to do with the you know, we the, the royal empire has to uh, be as clean as a whistle. Those poor people have talk about living in glass houses. They're always living in glass houses. Exactly. Everyone looks at everything that they do. So let me break down what happened. So uh, Jeffrey Epstein had given Miss Jufrey, uh, Virginia. A half a million dollars, at least that we know of. That's what was written down was a half a million dollars. There are very significant rumors that actually uh, there was uh, millions of dollars that were given around the, the, around that agreement or under the table. And here was it was you are taking this money, and now you can no longer sue me. I'm off the hook. Here's the money. Like it's pretend you filed the lawsuit, you won the lawsuit without having to go to trial, and here's the money. But besides releasing me, you're releasing these people around me. And they did put in there that one of the people, without names, though, that's the ambiguity. And they did put in there that uh, any members of royalty are also excluded uh, from being sued again. And, you know, I thought that that was specific enough. I thought that that was uh, obvious that they were referring to Andrew. I don't think there was any other members of royalty floating around Jeffrey Epstein's life. But when I read the 45-page decision this morning by uh, Judge Kaplan, he broke it down, and, and he, he, he did an excellent job of saying, look, this is a motion by Prince Andrew to have me dismiss the whole case without hearing any evidence just based on this document. And this document is, says it's going to be based on Florida law. Well, in Florida law and I'm applying Florida law, if there is some ambiguity in the contract, if it could be interpreted in two different ways, then the court, the judge, is not supposed to decide whether he could be sued or not. It's the trier of fact, the jury. So what I believe is going to happen here, if this thing goes forward, if there's no settlement, if Prince Andrew doesn't say, okay, 
What does she want? $20 million, $30 million, $40 million? If that doesn't happen and it goes forward. In the closing argument, his lawyers will be able to argue that it never happened. Okay, This never happened. However, even if it did happen, look at this document. He has been released for, because of this document. She has accepted money. She already got the money. You're going to be what's called unjust enrichment. She already accepted money, said, I'm not going to sue anybody. And now she's suing someone else. And why is she able to do that? Number one, because Jeffrey Epstein is dead and he can't speak up. Number two, because Jeffrey Epstein has been so vilified that he is now anyone around him is presumed guilty. However, she is going to get deposed. And if this goes forward, she's going to be cross-examined and she has told so many lies. She has like, documented, like it's not whether their lies maybe no, they're documented that, I mean, Judge Kaplan is a tough judge. I don't know if I would wave a jury in front of Judge Kaplan, who I know. He's very fair, but I would rather rely on 12 people than one person to find whether he's liable or not. Remember, folks, this is not a criminal case. Now, that's a good thing, obviously, for, for the prince because he's not going to jail. But it's a bad thing because the standard of proof is lower. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. So it doesn't have to be, you know, if there's some doubts, et cetera, et cetera, they could still find that he did assault her. He did cause intentional infliction of emotional distress. I found out that there's the acronym for that, intentional infliction, I-I-E-D. I never heard that until yesterday when one of my partners brought it up. Um, so... It actually, if you're going to make lemonades out of lemon, the judge's decision, obviously what they wanted the judge to say is, hey, Mr. Jufre, you accepted half a million dollars. God bless you. I hope you spent it well. You're living high on the hog. So you must have done something right with that money, especially if you got another 4.5 under the table. But now you can't come back. You can't have a second bite at the apple. That's what the law is about. That's what the contract is about. And what the judge said, so, so Prince Andrew said, Judge, you, you can't let her sue me again. I'm covered under Epstein's money. And the judge said, well, under Florida law, it's a little ambigu- ambiguous. He also said, the judge said, there's no evidence that Andrew was actually in Florida. So he may not be covered under the jurisdiction of, the, uh, the jurisdiction of where the document was signed, the settlement agreement was signed. And he, you know, he said, I'm not. Uh, the judge said, I'm not saying anyone is liable or they're not liable. I'm just saying at this point, the defendant is ex- asking me to do something very drastic, which is rip up the whole lawsuit. And I don't think that that's uh, the appropriate ramification, uh, the appropriate remedy. The appropriate remedy is to put it in front of the jury. So when the judge says that, that means it's going to go in front of the jury. So again, after opening statements, direct examination, cross-examination, and closing arguments, The lawyers for the prince will be able to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you give her one penny, you are taking our whole system, our whole civil system and throwing it out the window. Because the way our whole system works is if you settle a lawsuit and someone's covered, you can't sue them again. If you get into a car accident and the insurance company, without filing a lawsuit, gives you $10,000 for your injury, you then can't go and... uh, Three years later and say, oh, my ankle still hurts. I'm now going to file a suit again and I want another 10000 That's not how the system works. Um, whether there's, uh, it's clear and convincing that this, uh, this document covered 
Andrew? It's not. It's not so clear that it, it mentions royalty. Obviously, if it said, and it covers Prince Andrew, well, then I think uh, Judge Kaplan's ruling would be different. But uh, he's got his hands full. Again, civilly, folks. This is not a, a criminal case. No one's going to jail. Uh, whether it gets settled or not, personally, I hope it doesn't get settled. I hope it goes all the way. I, I heard the oral arguments. Prince Andrew has an excellent lawyer. I would love to see him cross-examine Jufre and catch her in lie after lie after lie after lie and expose her for all the lies that she's document, it's documented that she has told. Um, in that same courthouse, Michael Avenatti, you remember him? Sam Bolino, you remember Michael Avenatti? Yes, I do. He was on Letterman at the time and Fallon and, you know, he was a, he was a superstar celebrity. Now he's a convicted guy, went to jail. He's got another trial coming up. They asked for an adjournment because of the coronavirus, because of COVID. It was denied yesterday. The judge said no. The uh, the COVID protocols here in the Southern District of New York um, are, are have been very effective. We're going to call call many more uh, alternate jurors so that if one juror gets sick, well, we got ten behind them to fill their seat. They all hear uh, all of the evidence, um, and he said I'll have another courtroom with video screens in there for people to be spread out for the public, the media, other attorneys. And you're going to go to trial based on the fact that you got money for Stormy Daniels. Folks, you remember the name Stormy Daniels? That was a long time ago now, right? But he won, he won money for her. And according to her, he never gave her the money. And he's saying, well, I did all this legal work for her. She owed me the money. It was my money to begin with. This is a guy who just bought a new Ferrari, living, flying private. He has a public defender. And in federal court, you only get a public defender if you fill out, an application, or you fill out a form that shows the court how broke you are. So this guy really, he went, you want to talk about how high he went up and how fast? He went down equally as fast. I was never a fan. Um, Michael Avenatti will stand trial uh, in about two weeks in front of Judge Furman, who's an excellent judge in the Southern District of New York. What tune are you playing, Sebolino? This is paid in full, Eric B. and Rakeem. All right. We will be back in two minutes after these messages. I'm Liz Clayman, and this is the Fox Business Report. Inflation has been a key focus of Wall Street as investors try and gauge how rising prices will impact businesses, consumers, and the Federal Reserve's policy on interest rates in 2022. This after the Labor Department put out a report saying wholesale prices jumped a record 9.7% for all of 2021. Investors with the tech-heavy Nasdaq taking a hit, giving up 2.5%. Take a look at Wall Street numbers. The Dow falling 177 points. The Nasdaq giving up a whopping 382, while the S&P 500 fell 67. Automaker Ford's market value topping $100 billion for the first time ever. Our company's stock also hit a 52-week high. And cruise ship companies will no longer have to navigate the choppy waters of CDC guidance. As of Saturday, the cruise industry will be given recommendations about sailing in the age of COVID, but ships will not be given mandates. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Tom Graham, invested in you. Biden's massive spending has expanded America's money supply and taken money out of your pocket. But you can fight back against runaway inflation by moving your IRA or 401k to gold with Birch Gold Group. 
Birch Gold Group will send you a free info kit on protecting your retirement with gold in a tax-sheltered account when you text the word SHELTER to 989898. Text SHELTER to 989898. There's nothing to buy and no obligation at all, so do it now. Ever wonder what happens behind all those closed doors in Washington and New York City that affect your life? Well, we did too. So we went out and looked for the all-knowing cat, John Katsimatidis, the living legend business billionaire and politician, to tell us what's real and what's fake. Tune in to The Catman every weekday evening at 5. Catch him, if you can, on AM 970, The Answer. That has to be in the top 10 movie soundtracks of all times, especially those first, that, Rocky, I don't know, Cymbalino, what else? What other movie soundtrack? Um, Star Jurassic, Wars. Star Wars, Jurassic Park, probably, maybe Titanic. So why are we playing the Godfather theme? Well, um, it is 50 years old, and um, there's going to be a big celebration they are re uh they actually re-edited the last one uh and what they're doing is they're making it all now 4K and the Dolby sound and they're they're modernizing the whole thing and it's going to be released in theaters uh in March and uh he um hold on so as those of you know, I mean, the stars of this show, Pacino, Brando, James Caan, Duval, Diane Keaton, Talia Shire, Sam Bellino, and my friend Joyce uh, have never seen The Godfather. <laughs> now, normally I'd be like, you know, a little up in arms, but I will tell you this. When, when I was a young, I was a boy, let's face it, when this came out, I was five years old, but I never saw uh, The Godfather. I didn't see it until I think I was in the district attorney's office. In Kings County, and people, everyone was talking about it, and I was like, I have to see it. Now, why didn't I see it? Because it portrayed, uh, although it's a family story, and it's a beautiful story, and it's an outstanding, outstanding movie, you know, it did not portray Italian-Americans in the best light. And that was something that my father especially wanted to shield me from, not to glorify that lifestyle, not to be impressed with that lifestyle. Because in the neighborhood where I grew up, and we'll do a whole show on this, on 13th Avenue and 18th Avenue and Bensonhurst, there were some real-life characters from The Godfather. And a lot of those real-life characters, and even people my age who were 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, they're driving around in a brand-new Mercedes, and I had a light blue Ross 10-speed bike. Uh, and obviously, you know, they're going out to eat in a restaurant and I'm going to Sal's Pizzeria for two slices and a small, usually I'd go with a root beer for like four, not even four bucks, it was like $3. Um, not even $3. But anyway, but when I did see The Godfather, uh, what I was just telling Matt was if it's on, if it's, if it's on and I'm walking by a TV, I can't stop watching. I have to sit and watch it. As a matter of fact, Matt, uh, 
on Amazon, you know, you can usually you or whatever Netflix, you rent movies. I didn't rent The Godfather. <laughs> you, you, know, you bought it. Oh, yeah. when it first came out. Oh yeah, The Godfather, uh, Pulp Fiction, like double VHS. Yeah, the Pulp Fiction. I got. Uh, I got. These are the ones that I could just have on all day long. And The Big Lebowski. I just have those on, just play, especially during the the coronavirus period when I was stuck at home all alone for a couple of months. That, that those were on nonstop. So, in uplifting news, there's going to be a, a cool movie coming out of, of The Godfather. Um, speaking of great uh, actors and actresses, I don't think you're supposed to be actresses anymore. I think now you just say actors. Is that right, Joan? There's no more. All right, actresses. Somehow or another, that's a bad word. Okay, Padre Filio, Spirito Santo. Julia Louise Dreyfus, <clears throat> you got to put Seinfeld in the maybe the top three of all time. And of everyone in Seinfeld, Julia Louise Dreyfus has had the best career by far. She had Veep most recently, but then she had the one before that, Christine. Everyone loves, right? And and she is obviously such a gifted actress, actor, whatever. Um, does. Seinfeld has that show Coffee and Cars with Comedians and he does a whole segment with her. That is a great show as well where he just grabs somebody and throws them in a car that he picks out that is appropriate for that person and who they are. I think he put her in a Porsche that broke down if I remember correctly. <laughs> the interesting uh the interesting episode was when he put um Kramer on Michael Richards, who is just so gifted. I mean, that guy, if he wasn't on that show, it would have never had the run that it had. But if you remember, after Seinfeld, he did some stand-up, and I believe he was racially insensitive, and his career has gone nowhere since then. And he speaks about that on that episode of Driving in Cars with Comedians. And um, it, those of you who, who don't watch Seinfeld, it is definitely worth you know, just picking it up and, and, and somehow or another just jumping on there because the every episode is good. There's not one bad episode. That, All in the Family, you know, I mean, those are just shows that when they're on, it, you know, they're, they're spectacular. Um, in even more local news for me, in Brooklyn, New York tonight, I'm going to the Barclays Center to see the Brooklyn Nets play the Oklahoma Thunder. And... You know, I know everyone here is a big Knicks fan, but especially Sam Bellino, but they're not going anywhere. I don't think not now. I know they're a young team and they're growing. Oh, they're not going big anywhere. Big shocker. They're not going anywhere. <laughs> right. The New York Giants, they have their search on there for uh, a new general manager. I don't know what's going on with the Yankees. They're in a lockout, et cetera, et cetera. The, Met, the Mets look a little promising. Uh, you know, I'm not a huge hockey guy, so I'll have to defer to others on the hockey front. But the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, they, they went into Chicago last night. They did a great job. They, they spanked Chicago pretty, pretty strongly, and Chicago's a great team. Uh, they're, they're, they have a better record than the Nets do right now, and the Nets have been struggling to um, beat teams that have uh, superior records. So it was great that they won last night. I hope they're going uh, to win tonight. I'm going with a very good friend of mine who I'm not going to tell you who it is now, but tonight I'll ask him, is it, ask him if it's okay. You know, there's a lot of people who have called me. So many of you have been listening to this show. Sam Bowen's like, wow, your numbers are through the roof. I, I don't really know what that means, but if he says it's, they're through the roof, then I guess that's a good thing. Um, but I have friends who are in sensitive positions in the world, and they're like, look, Idala, I know you're really into this radio gig, and I can listen to you, and you're really yourself, and you're not hiding anything, and you're laying it all out there. 
you, you can't say this and you can't say that and you can't say we did this together and we did that together. I'd get in trouble. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll just use aliases. Not that anything that happened is so bad or so crazy. Um, I do want to thank Matt Sambolin, who has been with me here for this the last four nights. I don't know if anyone heard. I talked about hot chocolate yesterday. I said I was actually looking for tea. I come in today, and Matt doesn't have, like, one box of tea. Not two boxes of tea, but three boxes of tea. And four, that's actually. Four boxes of tea. And that's that's what it's like here at AM 970, The Answer. It's been like that for eight years when I got here with Piscopo and his original crew and cast of characters. And uh, it is a, I, I do feel so lucky. Everyone's asking me, how's the week going? How's the show? How's, so far, it's been absolutely wonderful. I've been enjoying it so much. Um, Thursday nights for the past year, I would start uh, going on the radio right now uh, with Kevin McCullough. I am not going to be doing uh, Kevin's Radio Night Live. Uh, there will be a new legal host. I am not going to, you know, play spoiler. You should listen in five or six minutes and you'll hear who is my replacement. He is fantastic. He is superior. Uh, he is, uh, does a lot of television work. He actually was in the world of television before he went to law school. <clears throat> He's very handsome, so you should look at him online. And I'm blessed to call him one of my closest and dearest friends. Um, tomorrow night, we're going to, obviously, we're going to do some law. Like, we have no uh, choice but to do law. In the beginning of the week, on the first show, I said, you know, I don't want this just to be like the Idala Legal Hour. You know, people hear that stuff. You could go to court TV. You could go to law and crime. Um, but I was corrected by not only Jerry Crowley, but other greats in the broadcast casting world. And they said, Arthur, we think people would be interested on your insights in the law, because unlike most of the hosts in New York City talk radio, you're living in the courtroom. You know who Judge Kaplan is. You know who the judge is in the Avenatti case. You've been to the Supreme Court. You've been in the chambers of the Supreme Court. Alan Dershowitz is your uncle. You're not just talking about someone who's a, a random player in your life. So we are covering some law, but as we just did, you know, I want to talk about whose birthday it is. It's almost 7 o'clock. You guys have been working. You know, probably most people's alarm clocks went off in the 5s or the 6s. Mine went off at 6.15. Got up, did my push-ups, did some reading, answered some texts and some emails. Went downstairs, got off the dress for school. He's got to wear a little shirt and tie for school. He was wearing a white shirt and a blue tie. I'm wearing a white shirt and a blue tie. Warmed my heart. My incredible wife had the baby sleeping. We jumped in the car. We went to school. And then, like, after all of that, now like, now my law day starts. And we had a busy, busy day in the office covering all kinds of cases, criminal and civil and corporate. And I, But I told everyone, keep your eye on the SCOTUS. Keep your eye on SCOTUS, Supreme Court of the United States. They, they're going to come down with the decision. I want Dershowitz on. And we came down with the decision. We handed it all out amongst all of us. We broke it all down. And hopefully you guys understand what took place in the Supreme Court. We are here to answer your questions about anything you need to know regarding what's going on in the law with Prince Andrew, with Avenatti. Uh, real quick, I know I just saw something that they're thinking about closing the schools or giving you an option for remote learning. There are legal ramifications to that as well. Who passes that? Who has the authority to do so? Arthur at abklawnyc.com. Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R, at abklawnyc.com. I've been getting so much social media mail through Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and this, this uh, website and then my, my office website, the 970 website. I want to thank my friend Joan Pelzer, who's been absorbing a lot of this incoming stuff because I am a lawyer first. And then I try to bring some of that legal knowledge to the airwaves. 
live and local, folks. We are here live. I'm looking at Sam Bolin. Oh, excuse me, Sam Bolino. I'm looking <laughs> at Joyce. We want you to feel part of our family because we want to be part of your family. So reach out to us. Let us know how we're doing. It's been not even a whole week. Tell us what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Let me know how you think of the music. Sam Bolino, Chris Hassan called me today. He said, the music's been unbelievable. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's because I told Sam. Who are we playing right now? This is Jackson Brown. Very good. Have a great night, everyone. Don't burn the chicken. Pull into the driveway. See you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.